0: Yeah, but you want to okay. try to be in the camera right here. Oh,
1: hi. sorry. There's Heidi. Yeah. Is yeah, there anybody else on, watching?
0: Like, don't oh, fall.
1: Okay, that'd be really sad. Okay, that would be funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, welcome to the gathering. My name, for those of you that don't know me, is Jennifer Preston. Woo woo. Um. My family. Thank, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. That's appropriate. Okay. okay good so, job. So again, like Morgan said, like I'll say something and then you woo hoo. Right? And then you woo woo. Okay, so that's I'm Jennifer Preston. <laughs> That's so, so much sweet. better. You guys, awesome.
0: are, you guys are are quick learners.
1: Um, and my family has been a part of Salem Alliance for probably just over 15 years. So this is our church home. We love it here. Um, I am married to my husband, Fred. We just celebrated 23 years. Okay. Good job. You guys are getting it. Good job. And um, we are the parents of two girls. We have a 19-year-old and Aww. a... Oh, those are Aww. my kids. My husband... <laughs>
0: Okay, there we Thank go. You. Okay, yeah. okay. So
1: we have a 19-year-old Amanda who is currently in Idaho at Northwest Nazarene University. And she's my baby and she's getting married this summer. So I know. This is such a cheery crowd. I, I love know. it. I like it too. Like you guys could just follow us places. We'll walk into Target and we we'd like, love hey. to have you with us. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then Rebecca is our oldest. She's 21 and she's in Southern California at Biola University, and she will graduate. Um, in May. So that's super exciting. Um, and I just am thankful that you guys allowed, allowed me to be here um, with my friend Kara tonight. Mm-hmm. Hi guys. It's so good to see you. I'm so
0: happy to be here with all of you jokers. Usually I only call my children jokers, but you guys just got promoted. You're welcome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm super happy to be here with my friend Jennifer. Uh, what's it? a fun fact, Is that we get to work together right now. So, um, which is really. That's a woohoo, Yeah, that's a woohoo. Yeah. So, um, we work at CASA. Raise your hand if you know what CASA is. Like Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Spanish for house and also. Uh, Court Appointed Special Advocate. So it is a nonprofit that supports kiddos who are in the child welfare system um, and is a voice for those kids in the court system specifically. So the lawyers and the judges and the caseworkers really carry the weight of our volunteer CASAs equal to, um, to make sure that there's somebody who's looking out for these kiddos who have already experienced so much, whether it be neglect or abuse or whatever. And so um, if any of you are interested in volunteering at the CASA, uh, you can talk to my friend Brooke or my friend Stephanie back there. Uh-huh. Yep. They both work at the CASA office. Av- that was totally spontaneous. By the way, that wasn't part Good of job. our talk, but I feel like, why not? Um, so anyways, my name is Kara Brown. And my husband and I uh, and our children have been here at Same Alliance for 15 years as well. Actually, I think 16, April 1st, right? Yeah, April Fool's Day was, was, uh, (laughs) yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, This is my crew. There they are. Oh, my goodness, you guys. When we first moved here, Caleb, my oldest, what our oldest, our first, yeah, together. Anyways, um, he was seven months old, and I was pregnant with Samaria. So Caleb and Samaria are 15 months apart, and then we adopted Isabel and Olivier from the DRC uh, in 2013, and they're both taller than me now and only 10. So cool, cool. I mean, I'm only 5'2". It's not like a lot to aspire to, but I think I'm taller today because I have some heels on. So there you go. Yeah. Who's taller? I'm still taller, right? Vote online, please. Who's taller? I'm just kidding. Oh, the
1: hair.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's because my hair is so big. Okay, I'll work on it. Big hair, don't care?
1: Okay.
0: Okay. So I heard that your um, theme for the year for the gathering is courage. Is that right? Yeah? Okay, good. (laughs) We're prepared.
1: <laughs> and we out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Congrats. Uh, okay, so I'm really excited because this is actually the first time that Jennifer and I have gotten to, like, team teach. So if you get a little overwhelmed, I'm sorry. We're, We're both, a lot. It's true. We're both sevens on the Enneagrams. Any Enneagrammers out there? For those of you that haven't uh, connected with the Enneagram yet, it's a great resource, a good tool. I don't work for them. I just, you know, I wanted to let you know it's a great resource and tool. Um, So both of us like to bring the party wherever we go. So gathering, let's get it started. You're our party. Oh, we should have brought...
1: Oh, I have it later. It's okay. Yeah, later, later,
0: later. later. Okay.
1: Go ahead, friend. So yeah, so as you guys have been um, sharing about courage and Kara and I started talking and, and thinking, okay, so where does courage come from? And I... I'm somebody who loves definitions. I like to look up the word to make sure I'm using it correctly, that I understand what it means. Um, I don't know if it's old spelling bee days, like, can you use it in a sentence? You're trying to waste time. I don't know. But um, I love definitions. So I looked up, the definition for courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. So the ability to do something that frightens one. So then you look at that and go, oh, okay, we're going to talk about Courage. But if you're frightened, how do we find the ability to move forward? I don't know how that works. I, um, it's hard for people people go, oh, you just have to have courage. Like when you get courage, if you have more courage. Okay, how does that happen? And for me, I believe you have to be brave before you can have courage. And being brave is ready to face and endure danger and pain. So courage, if you're frightened, you still have the ability to do something, but being brave is just saying, I'm ready to face it. It's danger, it's pain, it's hurt, but I'm ready to face it. Um, And so for me, when we're talking about courage, a big thing in my life has been courage to go through grief. Um, And for me, my grief journey recently has been connected to the death of my mom. And we'll talk a little bit later. And, and I do understand that um, grief is not always associated with death. It doesn't have to be death to, to grieve something. For me, though, finding courage in my grief story has been through the death of my mom. And the grief journey really started when my mom was first diagnosed. Got a health diagnosis of cancer, short story, was doing great, diagnosed with a second cancer. Um, and then within a few years, she was pretty sick and gone. And um, I did not have courage to move forward in that diagnosis and being a part of that, but I knew I could be brave. I was ready to face the pain, even though it was something that frightened me. So I moved forward in that. Um, sorry, wow. Um, really, the, the big thing is, is finding that bravery and going, okay, I know it's gonna be dangerous or it's painful, but I'm gonna face it anyway. And then our courage comes from that. And I know that as we talk about grief, especially when it's related to death, there's like these steps. And I think now they've maybe changed it to a cycle because they realize it's not a task. You check off and then you're done um, because it keeps going round and round. But you know, there's, there's steps. So there's sadness, there's anger, there's denial. I make up, I think for courage, there's steps as well. Um, And I think the first step of having courage is being brave. I
0: think that um, oftentimes with courage, we might kind of automatically think, like, just ask for it and you'll get it, right? Or, like, uh, it's it's not necessarily a spiritual gift. It, it's, it's not necessarily something you just kind of wake up with or like Tinkerbell comes and like sprinkles you with some courage dust or something like that. And I think when we see, you know, all the little wood signs or the, you know, have courage or be, be courageous and kind and, and it can kind of feel like a cliche. Can, does that relate to anyone or just, just me? It's like have courage, and then you're like, wait, what? And it feels really big, Um, and so for us, the way that we process is to break it down right into those steps, and so the second question that we have up here for our slide, Jared, you're doing a great job, thank you. Mm -hmm. And who else is back there, actually, thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you very much, okay. Um, How can we be brave in grief so that courage can be developed? So Jennifer touched on grief as death. And I think our society tends to kind of like, okay, we grieve when somebody dies and then that makes sense. Um, but I don't know that our, um, our, our society and our culture did a really good job of recognizing that there's grief attached to other things. Um, so maybe it is a dream. Maybe you're grieving a dream. Uh, maybe you're grieving a friend who moved away. Maybe you're um, grieving a hope that when you got married, you thought that was forever and it wasn't. Or maybe you're grieving, I wanted to get married, and I want to, and I'm still not, and why the heck not? Um, there's so many different ways um, that grief comes into our lives, and I think because we tend to just attach it to grief, then we kind of don't know what to do with it when it still exists, but it's connected to other things. Does that make sense? So when we talk about that, how can we be brave in grief so that courage can be developed? I think we're we kind of need to go back to the beginning. I mean, at least for me, anyways, like that's just how I think. So. For me, as a follower of Christ, I come under the authority of God's word. And so if I'm looking at this and I go back to the beginning in Genesis, um, and I think of God's heart grieving with Adam and Eve because they made some decisions that caused a break in the relationship with them and God, right? So that's an example of grieving a break in relationship. So, Maybe you were hoping that your in-laws were going to be amazing and love you and think you were the best thing since sliced bread, or maybe, and that didn't happen, and so then you kind of need to grieve through that, or maybe you thought your best friend was going to be there forever, and then there was this huge betrayal, and there's grief in that. And so if, if we come back to God's word and we look at the beginning, I mean, really, in the beginning, there was grief. <laughs> like, there was brokenness. Um, and I, I was thinking earlier about the courage that it took for Adam and Eve to leave the garden. Like here was this place that was safe and protected and a space that was theirs, and a space with freedom, a space with reckless abandon of being able to be exactly who they are and who God made and created them to be. And, and then there was a break in that relationship and they had to turn around and walk away. Like that, that to me, I'm like, that bravery, that's courage. Um, I also think about something significant that all of us have done at one time. Uh, we've all been babies, right? Yeah, I, I mean, like infants, but then like sometimes we're crybabies, sure. But um, you know what I mean, okay? Um, so when you think about like a baby, then they're a toddler, and then they're a child, and then they're like a preteen, God help us all, and then they're like a teenager, and then like a young adult, and then like an adult, and then like middle-aged, and then like, you know, it keeps going and going, right? I just wanted to include everybody, is that okay? It just gets harder as you
1: keep going.
0: Yeah, sorry. (laughs) My bad, guys. Okay, rewind. So anyways, um, there are stages and steps, right? There's a process. Um, and I think that being, being brave so that that courage can be developed, there's steps in that, there's a process in that. And I was thinking, even of Noah's Ark, um, if you've heard that story before where God tells this man, hey, this, this whole world's just falling apart, so we're gonna like flood it, Start over, and you and your family build this giant boat and get two of everything on it. Really, even as I'm saying it, it's kind of crazy, guys, right? Like, it's kind of crazy. And then also, when you grew up in the church, seeing it on the flannel graph board, still really crazy. Like, Feature like people with no eyes, and sometimes they're just like this. And... They're always sideways too on film. Yeah, always sideways. So no, they can ever go somewhere. Yeah, they were know. always on the move. Yeah. Always on the move. But when, but when I think about even that, um, think about all the loss and grief that Noah and his family went through. Think of God's heart in, in that grief. Um the relationships, the people, the the hopes, the dreams, like all of those things. And yet we still have this opportunity to be brave and and that courage is then developed in us. And so I I think of Sarah, a barren woman who wanted nothing more than to be a mother. That's nothing more than that. And then her husband's like, well, God told me you're gonna have a baby. And she's like, I'm like a million years old, that's not gonna happen. And she straight up laughed at him. I don't Literally her. started
1: laughing at God.
0: Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. Like I believe Isaac, which is their son, is like laughter, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just double checking. It
1: wasn't like us like, oh, that's so funny. It's like, oh God, you're not funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Not funny. Yeah.
0: Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Just let that set guys. Let that set for a minute.
1: Back to the middle age, and then the next age, and then you're going to get pregnant, and then it's not funny. Continue with Sarah. Sorry.
0: So when I think, okay, so I'm like coming and thinking of all the different stories of of people who have experienced grief and people who have experienced heartbreak and disappointment, who had dreams and who had hopes, and those didn't come to fruition. Um, And yet there was still courage that was developed. There was still faith. There was still hope. Um, there were so many other aspects of that than just in that one single moment of like, nope, no courage, try again. Like, um, and I'm so grateful for the Bible for so many reasons, but also because it helps me remember that nobody's perfect. Um, when I think about David, like considered a man after God's own heart. You guys, I don't know if you knew this or not, but David did some really messed up things, like super messed up things, and yet still a man after God's own heart. Um, And when you read the Psalms and you see in one moment he's crying out to God, like, where the heck are you? You're not even here. What's going on? And then in the next Psalm, it's like, I love you. You're the best thing ever. I feel like that's like the original bipolar, like, you know what I mean? Like, legit, um, as someone whose family of origin has some mental health issues, I feel like I can relate to David. Maybe just me. I don't know. Can you? I, I mean, maybe somebody else That's like what we're talking can. about tonight,
1: but that's okay. Um, like, she already it. said when we came, we didn't have to confess stuff. Remember? Like, <laughs> we were with a friend before we got here. Don't, don't worry. You're not going to have to confess anything. And then she's like, do you want to share your story yeah. about it?
0: No. No, I don't. But go no, ahead. No, she doesn't. Okay. So moving on. Um, I'm sorry, you guys, this is just too much fun. I hope, even though we're talking about kind of a Debbie Downer topic, I hope that the laughter allows for a little breather too. Otherwise, we'd all just be big puddles of tears, which isn't bad, but if it was all of us at the same time, might be a lot, yeah, bad, okay. So even thinking about David and all um, all of the times when he's crying out and like, where are you? And then the times where he's like, Uh, You're the best thing. If you think about what he was going through to write those Psalms, right? So he's feeling betrayed. He's feeling abandoned. He's feeling forgotten. He's feeling completely overwhelmed. Feeling all of those things and being able to just like write that out. And I'm guessing that if we really went through and looked at this giant timeline of David's life, there would be so many points of grief, so many points where you stop and think, There's literally no way I can take another step forward. There's no way I can take another step. I just can't, it's too much. And yet that one step is that bravery. And then as you're taking that step and when that step is over or done, it's like, okay, that's courage. All right, I can do this again. One more step of bravery. All right, okay. I think, okay, does that, does that make sense? Does that resonate? Like I think, I think sometimes we just want it to be a quick fix and a, and a, and a real fast answer and it's not, amen? Like it's just not. So for us to give ourselves grace and give, us, give the people around us grace too, that we're all taking our steps of bravery so that courage can be developed.
1: And really, as we, we talk about courage and grief, and, and so we're saying, okay, so how, how do you get through it? So I realize that I need to be brave, and hopefully I'll develop and, and come out how to have courage. And there's all these examples in the Bible of people who are brave and had courage, but this grief is still there. So what do I do? And, and for me, I believe the only way to get through grief is to go through grief. You can't skip it. We, we want to go around it. We want to sometimes avoid it. Um, again, talking with a friend about sometimes we want to diminish it for ourselves or for others. Um, Some of our favorite ones, especially, like I said, my recent grief journey is death. So, well-meaning people who, oh, God needed your mom. God doesn't need anything from me. I need my mom. Um, You know, oh, now you have an angel. Okay, great. But I want her sitting here with me. I want her to be at my daughter's wedding next to me, watching her. And so the only way to get through it is to actually go through it. You have to do the things. You have to feel the things. Um, and, And I believe that that's the same grief when it's loss of a dream, end of a marriage, broken relationship. You have to go through the things. You have to cry. You scream. Um, again, back to those steps. You're angry. You're denying this has actually happened. You're sad. Um, for me, again, when we're talking about death, it's going through things and going, I want to get rid of all of it. Nope, I want to keep all of it. I need every piece. Whatever that looks like, you have to go through it. And again, my, my grief journey recently and learning to be brave and, and have courage is death. But Kara has shared so much about how there's so many other pieces um, that bring us grief. Um, but I also um, want to say that we can find ways to get through that, whatever it is. And so, again, for me, I just want to tell you the way for me to get through it is saying and hearing my mom's name. That is super important to me. And so um, we, we have to find what that is. But for me, it's hearing her name. And so my kids um, named my mom Ama. Um, and so, um, really sweet side note, my dad still can't get rid of her car. So her license plate says Alma and I get to drive it occasionally. Timing's amazing. I got to drive it tonight, you know, knowing that I was talking about her. So it's really fun because sometimes I'll get a text message. Hey, we saw Alma in town and I know that somebody was driving the car. Um, but for me, it's, it's sane hearing her name. And I remember even sharing at my mom's service that it's going to make me cry. And it's going to make you really uncomfortable and feel really awkward. But if you're willing to let me go through that grief, you are honoring and remembering my mom on my behalf. And that helps me go through so that I can get through grief. And so we, we need to be willing to ask others, what does that look like for you? Um, how do I help you um, get, get through grief and I think about all the different things we have to do to go through the steps. And um, I think of in John 20, after Jesus has been um, crucified and his body's in the tomb, and Mary Magdalene um, goes, because, you know, there's like things you're supposed to do. So you're going to go and prepare the body and, and do the spices and do the things. Like, okay, so we grieve. So we find an outfit to bury him in. And then we, you know, okay, then we pick out a casket. And we do, so doing the things. So Mary, Mary Magdalene goes to do the things. And I also think, why did she want to do it? Because she wanted to be near Jesus, even if it was just his body, because she loved him so much, and that grief was so real that she was willing to sit by the tomb to be able to go through it. And so I just, I just hope you hear that you can't skip the steps. Um, they can go in a circle. You can go forward and back, all of that, but you have to be willing to to actually go through it. And um, I'm going to go ahead and share our story, yeah. if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Kara's a great one about saying my mom's name. Um, regularly, often, loud. Um, All what? I know. Yeah, hey, you got to step closer, because
0: people oh, online are sorry. really sad I to really not forget. see your face. I'm, so I'm sorry.
1: sorry. We still see you. I'm sorry. Okay. I yeah, see go you, ahead. now you see me. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Um, So Kara's really good about this. She has been saying my mom's name for the last two years regularly and loudly to me. And um, Kara will share a little bit more about um, creating space and what that looks like to give space to grief. But um, I don't know, six months, a year ago, Kara and I are on a walk in Minto Brown and we're just processing what does that look like and you know, still missing her and Kara just keeps saying her name, which was so cool to me. Like Ama, I miss Ama too, and I didn't know her this well, but I love this about Ama. And I and um it was overwhelming to me in that moment. And we're in Minto Brown Park. And if you were there that day, you'll remember (laughs) us. We literally are stopped in the middle of a path, because why would we get out of the way of other people? Nope, we're gonna go through our grief. And we are standing in the middle of Minto Brown Park, hugging each other. And some of you know Kara better than I do, but I like to hug like Kara too. So like we're yeah. full like body, I'll like show everything. You guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. We are full body huggers uh-huh. okay. and for a really long time, like it's gotta be there. We are fully embraced, bawling. I mean, bawling. In the middle of ben- Mento Brown Park, like, people are walking by us. I'm waiting for somebody to call somebody on us. Um, and they didn't. So maybe people weren't that worried. No. What else happens in Mento th- Brown Park that that didn't concern anybody? So true. Right?
0: That's so that true. That should have been
1: more concerning. I realize that now. Um, but being willing to create that space. And, and some of the time you have to do that for a friend. And Kara did that for me. She allowed that space to happen that I could fall apart in that moment and be held in her arms and say my mother's name. And I let myself have that space with her. And, um, and again, I think of so many other things that we've talked about um, and sharing. And in some ways, I hate that it's so focused on death because that's not everybody's grief story. But I hope that as you go through different things that you're grieving in your life, that you can sit and go, it's still the same thing. I'm still gonna choose to be brave until I can have courage. I'm going to allow space and take all of those steps, whatever grief looks like for you.
0: Man. Okay, next slide. I need to like <laughs> refocus here. There we go. There we go. What does it look like to give grief space? So I think oftentimes, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty uncomfortable when other people are in the midst of big emotions and feelings and because I'm uncomfortable, my natural instinct is to try to fix it and make it better, right? So, example, we're going back to the little people because the little people have taught me so much in my life, like so much, I've learned so much about who God is and how much he loves us through my children. And so when they're crying and screaming, I'm not like, oh, sweet girl, tell me all about it. I'm like, okay, what do you need? You need a diaper change? You need food? You need a binky? You need a blanket? Oh, you need Lammy? We'll go find Lammy. We'll find Lammy right now. You need Ellie? I'll go get you Ellie. You need a car ride? Sure, I'll put you in the car seat. Let's take you for a ride and let's get you quiet. Does that make sense? So that's... That's kind of how it starts. And then, as life goes on, we continue to feed that pattern. Whether we're aware of it or not, and I'm not, saying, I'm not saying anybody's doing anything wrong, it's not bad to want a screaming child to zip it. That's a very normal response. And it's okay to change their diaper and feed them. Oh, oh yeah, we're all for changing diapers and feeding children. Remember, we work at Costa. (laughs) We're all for taking care of children. I just want to be very clear. We might lose our jobs. Is this accessible to anyone? Why does she think I keep moving off camera?
1: You can't (laughs) prove it's me. I'm like, feed the kids, give them diapers, warm house. She's like, tell them to zip it. All the things.
0: Oh, my word. (laughs) And we're never coming back. just kidding. Okay, so, but does that make sense? Like, if we really think about where, where it kind of started, even whether you're someone who has an intimate relationship with God and Jesus is the Lord of your soul or not, this is just regular, like, humanity. Baby crying, figure out how to make it quiet. So then we grow up. And you experience infertility or the death of a child, or a spouse, or a parent, or you have a dream, and you're achieving, and you're going, and you're striving, and it slips away, or you're trapped in a a substance abuse, or an addiction, or your marriage falls apart, or your relationships, or whatever. What's the first thing that you wanna do when someone you care about is crying? wanna fix it, make it better. And it doesn't matter what kind of grief. It really doesn't. That initial response, right? So even even earlier, Jennifer talked about how it actually is painful when people address her mom's death to like, well, God needed another flower in his garden. His garden's freaking awesome. It's fine. Because he's the creator. Remember, he could just make it. He's got the whole world in his hands, right? So it's time. The garden's good. Does that make sense, though? Like, and it's here's the deal. I think one of the things that um, we've been learning about at work. I keep coming back to work, which is so funny. I'm sorry, but uh, one of the things that we come back to work is is um, we're doing a DEI training: diversity, equity, and inclusion. And um, it's been an incredible journey as a staff, and it's been powerful and brutal and beautiful and hopeful and hard and dismantling. Just wow. It's been a lot of work and really good. And one of the things that was brought up, I think maybe two months ago, was intent versus impact. OK? Yeah. Intent. Versus impact. Go ahead. I I just wanted you to say it again. Yeah, Do you want to say it a third time? Okay, I'll say it a third time. Mm
1: -hmm. Intent versus impact.
0: Do I believe with everything in me that when one of my childhood friend's mom sent a card just recently um, after my bonus dad died that um, God needed a garden and a flower in his garden and all this jazz and whatever. I believe with everything in me that her intention was to show me love. That her intention with that card and those little poems and all those little flowery words, her intention was to reach out. And the impact of that was deeply painful. It felt like my pain was dismissed because God needed another one. So whether you're walking with someone who is experiencing a marriage that is falling apart or the death of a family member or um, whatever, the death of a dream, think, think about that. Think about that idea and that concept of intent versus impact. So for us, for us to be able to give grief space is to validate what that person is feeling in that very moment. And it's okay to shut up. Okay? Right? I mean, Belle and Ollie, we don't say that at home, do we? No, we say be quiet. Thank you, girls. Thank you. Okay, just making sure. Um, Children in the room, right? Right? It's really okay to be quiet. And I'm sure those of you who know me are like, (laughs) Kara's never quiet. I mean fair. And also, I think that sometimes giving grief space looks like allowing someone to have their grief. Let them have it. It's okay to be sad. And it's okay to sit with someone who's sad. It's okay to stand in the middle of Minto Brown sobbing, because one of your best friend's mom died. And two years later, it's still really sad. That's okay. It's okay to show up at your friend's house who just experienced another miscarriage and still has no children 12 years later. It's okay to just show up and sit. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to put a band-aid on it. It's okay to just be present and it's okay to acknowledge it, right? There's, there's this balance of like entering into loss with somebody and then like smothering them, right? And then there's like a full body hug. Yeah. Like sometimes that can be awkward. (laughs) Not for us. Not for us. Obviously we're fine with it. Some of you. Yeah. Yeah. But that it's, okay, it, it's that balance, right? Of like, okay, I don't want to ignore it either. I don't want to act like it isn't so. I don't want to acknowledge it. Jennifer even said that. She, at the service, I remember her saying that literally just right over here in the worship center and being like so brilliant. Like if you don't say her name, it will break my heart because it means you're forgetting her. And if you do say her name, I'll cry, but I'll know that you remember her and her legacy and her love lives on. And so we get to enter into that with other people too. So it's okay for me to say to my dear friend who has juggled working and parenting for the last 20 years and say, I know your dream was to stay home and it just wasn't able to be so and I'm so sorry, that stinks. Right? Like just acknowledging it and like giving ourselves space and permission to like call it out. Does that make sense? Um, go Can ahead. I say yeah. One more thing before oh yeah. I go, move on. No, I, do. I also
1: want to say to those of you who have said some of those words that maybe we've mentioned and you're like, "Wow, I was trying to be a good friend. I wanted to walk with them." We're not saying that to guilt and shame you because we understand intent. And I want you to know that when people are going through whatever that is and that loss, be gracious to yourself as well today. So if you're sitting there going, I was one of the people who wrote a card like that. Oh my goodness, I was one of the people who said that to somebody who lost someone. We understand we don't always know what to say or what to do. And and like Kara said, you just have to show up and maybe you sit there and let people sit with it. But I also want to release you from any guilt or shame if you have been somebody who has said that to somebody because we do understand your intention and your heart is to be compassionate and kind and trying to fill in that for us. And we acknowledge that and appreciate your intention and your heart for coming alongside somebody who is grieving For sure. And I think, again, coming back to that
0: intent versus impact, right? Like, you know. Like, when I got that card, I I love her. She has known me since I was a very unwise young person. (laughs) And still chose to come to my wedding and come and visit me. And, like, you know, I knew her intention and I knew her heart. Um, It wasn't even necessarily her. It was more my own grief and pain that felt dismissed. Does that make sense? Um, So I love that you brought that up, Jen, because I think that sometimes when we hear stuff like that, we're like, oh my goodness. And so you're like Rolodexing, like, okay, who did I say that to? I should write them a note. Please forgive me. Like, here's the deal. Grace. You don't have to send out mass apologies. (laughs) It's okay.
1: (laughs) You don't have to.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's grace, right? That's grace. Mm -hmm. And that awareness, um of intent versus impact. I think that sometimes with grief, and I don't know, for for some of you who have, um, for some of you who have been able to uh, be led in worship by my husband, um, which obviously I'm teary because I really miss it, Um, one of my favorite things that he said as a worship pastor um, and even back when we were in college was that so many times people will tell you leave your burdens at the door and just come in Like, leave everything that's happening out there don't bring any of that in here and just like bring it all to God Like, leave it all there and then bring yourself to God, like, all cleaned up and fine because all the pain and all the stuff is over there. And he did such a great job of uh, debunking that myth and being like, no, 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 that's not how it works. Like, come just as you are. Like, you get to go to the throne room, you get to have relationship with God just as you are. Not when you're all perfect, not when everything's fine. Right now, just as you are. And you get to bring all of that with you. You don't have to leave any of it. And I think that sometimes we forget that with grief. So there, I think... I think there are, like, some half sheets at your tables. And um, thank you for whoever did that. Lydia, was that you? Was that Morgan? Somebody? I don't know. Whoever did that, thank you. Um, because we would love for you to take one of the half sheets. And there should be some pens as well. Um, and Volanda is going to be playing some music. Uh, we want to give you an opportunity to write out your own grief. OK? And whatever it is, poquito, really small, really big, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And it it doesn't have to be debt. It can be anything. I think we've established that. Literally anything that you're grieving right now, we want to give you some time to go ahead and write that out. And here's the deal. I want you to keep it with you. We want you to take this with you. Because this, the grief that you write out does not define you. It explains what you're feeling. And you get to take that with you. I think a lot of times it's kind of like, hey, leave it all at the cross. That's not a bad invitation. Let's be very clear. It's not, it's not a, it, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want, oh, that, that cross is gone. Just kidding. I mean, if you really want to take it to a cross and that feels I'm like, oh, it's gone. Oh my God. That's not okay.
1: That was off camera.
0: Oh, my goodness. If you really want to and feel like you need to, there, we'll find you a cross. okay? Um, the invitation is for you to be able to write this out, spend some time just reflecting and thinking, and, and take it with you. Stick it somewhere that's a reminder that it's okay to have space for grief. Maybe it's tucked in your Bible. Maybe it's by your mirror. Maybe it's just in your giant mom purse where everything goes to the bottom and all the things are leaking out all over all the place, okay? Maybe it's there. I don't know. But it's between you and God. It's between you and your truth teller. What your grief is and where it's from and of giving it space to be with you. Um, If you have experienced grief of any kind, I would love it if you would take a little brave step, get some courage, and stand up. If you've experienced any kind of grief... Oh, okay. So we're not alone. Excellent. (laughs) We thought it was maybe just us. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel so much better now. Um, Now that you're all standing up, I would like you to do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No? Okay. I know. I was ready. I thought we were going to do it. Um, We would love to pray a blessing over you. And... uh, be reminded that you are not alone and that we all have what it takes to take those little baby brave steps that develop and produce courage and allow us to to get through this big thing called grief.
1: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this time. Lord, um, our grief is not a surprise to you. And, Lord, we know that you, as the creator, um, have also experienced grief. And so you know, um, like no other, Lord, you've experienced sending your only son to the cross. Lord, you experienced creation disobeying you. Um, Lord, you know grief. And so, Lord, I pray that today you would be over these women, Lord, that we would all be willing to go through it, Lord, that we would be willing to sit silent in our own grief, that we would be willing to show up for those around us who are grieving. Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon those who have lost a child, a parent, a spouse, loved one. Lord, that knows the grief that comes with death. Lord, I pray that you would be over the women who have experienced the grief of broken relationship. The grief of the child who never came. Grief of the child that they feel is lost from you. Lord, I pray that we would be brave long before we can have courage. We may not always have the ability to go through what frightens us, but I pray that we would be brave and be willing to face and endure danger and pain. We love you, Jesus.
0: And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Um, Please take those papers with you and set them somewhere that will remind you to give your grief space. Thank you so much for having us this evening. We really feel honored to be with you and um, just pray God's blessings and favor over you as you go. Thank you.